calls are growing once again to toughen punishment for sex crimes here in Korea as a number of infamous sex offenders were released recently after serving just about 15 years in prison, a punishment deemed far too light compared to other developed nations. Today, we zoom in on Korea's reignited debate on sex crime punishment. Is there a way to better approach the topic and perhaps ways to improve related legal systems? For this, we're joined by Professor John Park of Handong International Law School. Good morning, Professor Park. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I just want to get all of our international listeners caught up on on the background as to why we want to talk about this topic. Uh, Notorious child sex offender Cho Doo-soon was released in 2020 after serving 12 years in prison. Kim Gun-shik, another horrendous name that sparked public outrage for his sexual abuse of 11 children, was due to be released after completing his 15-year term, although he was rearrested for a separate case. I think it's worth first giving perhaps our listeners a better comparison of sex crime punishments in Korea and other developed countries around the world, maybe namely the U.S. Sure. Uh, It's a big topic. um, And we have uh, most countries uh, have certainly their national laws consistent with uh, regulating sex crimes uh, in in various ways, uh, primarily through legislation, of course. And then through the enforcement bodies uh, with uh, law enforcement, prosecuting authorities, and of course, the role of the judicial courts. Mm. So all of that, both the legislative um, aspect, you know, the three-part governmental approach to any kind of uh, enforcement issue as it relates to public ma- uh, public consideration, all of those things are at play. And U.S. and Korea is no different in the sense that they both have um, you know, most of the robust um, laws that are in place, whether it's sex offense crimes or sexual violence crimes, uh, or even, of course, recently, uh, digital, uh, sexually uh, digital crimes that relate to uh, something sexual in nature. So it's not that Korea doesn't have uh, laws. Uh, it's in the books. Uh, the question may be, how are some of the, what are some areas that some of these legislative um, initiatives that are recently more in the limelight uh, because of the recent high-profile cases. How is Korea handling some of those legislative proposals? And of course, the big question of, so what? What if the, the laws are there? How is the enforcement actually happening? How successful mm. or how unsuccessful? And are these some of these cases that are high-profile in nature, representative cases in general, of how Korea is handling uh, these cases. Um, so I think there's a sort of very much related issues that we have to address when covering uh, this topic. Um, but some of these high profile cases, of course, give us some opportunity to discuss these matters. Mm. But I do wonder, is is there a point in comparison these different legal systems? It's not as if we can adapt an American way or a British way and just call it a day. I mean, those are clear different examples, but uh, we have a different legal system. Maybe common law versus civil law, that comes into question. I'm not quite sure. But one thing's really clear for me right here in South Korea, there has been visible protests from the general public for tougher punishment against heinous crimes, particularly against minors. Uh, In your observation, why sex crime punishment much less severe in Korea, maybe again compared to the United States? You know, you actually hit hit an important point that most listeners or most uh, lay people may not know, 
about the dynamics of differences uh, as it relates to civil law versus common law jurisdictions. In many of the UK, uh, US system uh, and related uh, systems are common law system. And Korea obviously is a civil law tradition. That actually means something in the context of how we approach crime. Um, because there's there's two things, points I would make on that, that may explain why there's a perception that Korean, Korean prosecution uh, or Korean uh, just general prosecution enforcement of these issues may be solved, as you say. And the two thing is that Korea has traditionally had what's called a hobby or a settlement opportunity for victims to settle with the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. And if that was done, traditionally, the prosecutors were sort of laissez-faire, would sort of leave things as it is mm -hmm. because it satisfied the primary victim in the case. That approach actually is very different in the common law context, mm -hmm. where you separate the civil versus the criminal component. Mm -hmm. Someone could potentially, the victim could sue under civil liability for set for the same sexual offense uh, but at the same time the prosecution would independently pursue a criminal investigation that would lead to sentences that of course leads to incarceration mm -hmm. fines etc but that difference between criminal versus civil di uh, distinguishing mm -hmm. actually makes um, some of the prosecution in korean civil law context more difficult because it was more victim oriented. Those laws have been changing rapidly, actually, uh, in the last 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. Significant change in 2012, I think another big change in 1997, to say, look, we as a society, when there's a crime on a, uh, on a victim, it's not just one-on-one. -on -one. This is a societal issue. Mm -hmm. And I think many of the sensibility of the public outcry is reflecting that sentiment to say, look, you hurt this person, now there's not just a deterrence issue, but a overall public, uh, public order uh, issue that needs to be resolved. So I think that context um, is helpful to thinking about perhaps, hey, this is another reason, a foundational reason that may be the reason for uh, perhaps Korea being more softer on crime. Mm. But as you've already... On this type of so as you've already implied, but there are slow but steady changes being made by sort of public demand for it, for tougher punishment. Because uh, so far, following precedents, focusing more on defense to lower sentencing, it seems that that has been that had been perhaps prioritized. Here's a another mm -hmm. talking point that we want to discuss with you, Professor Parga. The One of the biggest concerns among the public is, of course, the high possibility of sex offenders repeating sex crimes after their release. Currently, there are, of course, monitoring systems in place like electronic anklets and disclosing their personal information. But also subsequently, we raise a question of, is that enough monitoring? How do you assess the current monitoring system in South Korea? Yeah, these are traditionally uh, available options, of course, um, of some sort of uh, monitoring, GPS tracking, whether it's electric monitoring or some other types of uh, limitations on the freedom of movement. Um, such as stay away orders for uh, someone who was involved with the abuse of a minor, mm -hmm. where they stay away and from, let's say, 100, 100 meters or 1,000 meters away from a school district area. Um, that's difficult to do in a very urban location like Busan or Seoul, uh, but it's not impossible. 
stay away orders are routinely given uh, in the US. Uh, and in most of my cases, as I worked as an American prosecutor, uh, there was a stay away order attached uh, to the uh, to the sex offender if they were convicted. Of course, there was also some sort of um, regular pro probationary period where they had to meet a lot of conditions to comply to comply mm. uh, pursuant to their conviction. If let's say they get, were in jail, they got out of jail. Uh, there's a registration that is mandatory for um, ten years, twenty years. Some uh, some of the more serious crimes, lifetime registration, mm. which means that their identity. Anyone could just go on the website uh, and see where this. Anytime someone changes an address, that uh, type of uh, information is provided to the public because that person is considered now a uh, sex offender. Mm. Uh, so I think some of these um, considerations do help uh, the issue of recidivism of people who are recurring crimes. Uh, it's a pretty a strong parole and uh, and probation uh, program mm. uh, that is designed to uh, watch uh, these uh, people and public groups, of course, public interest groups that also have a uh, have this issue closely in mind. Mm. Uh, that would also uh, aid. Of course, the role of the media is important to uh, give some information uh, regarding uh, high profile cases. Mm. As for the monitoring system, logistically not having enough people to maybe monitor those who have uh, has a past of committing a sex crime. I mean, a simple search will reveal to me that there are loose ends. Uh, there are certain people who sort of sway away from the system and somehow get hired at hagwons or these, uh, you know, after school academies. And this was just a simple search. So clearly there are places where we are falling short. Yeah, I think there is some room for improvement mm. in, in the screening, uh, of, of course, of teachers or people who are involved with children, of course, that's a big issue of mm. how to address um, uh, the issues uh, of, of potential victims or minors. Mm. Uh, with the digital crime I briefly mentioned, and that's a that's a massive issue, not just the Enthroom case or other high-profile cases that have rocked Korea, with so many victims who were uh, involved in that. Mm. Uh, but there is this this is sort of the new uh, digital age that has brought ushered in a new era of possible crimes, voyeurism. Um, upskirting and uh, unlawful uh, camera taking. These are massive issues that oftentimes the legislative bodies are trying to catch up. Mm. Things happen and then the, the par Korean parliament has to react uh, to the Enthroom type case mm. and to try to fix up uh, their legislative uh, agendas mm. uh, to, to fight this new uh, developing uh, phenomenon. So there's a lot of challenges ahead mm. um, for us. It is about uh, the right kind of punishment, but there's, of course, an, an not entirely different angle on deterring repeat offenses. So the prosecution is reportedly mulling to request chemical castration, particularly for child sex offender Kim Gun-shik. Some from the public are calling on the need to isolate sex offenders at special detention centers for a certain period of time, perhaps before being released from prison. Uh, I do wonder how realistic are these two options? Should there be better programs to not just monitor the whereabouts of sex offenders, but more proactive means to aid their transition back life outside bars? 
Yeah, this is a, a very good question too. There's a lot of countries that are looking very closely to the issue of uh, chemical cast castration. Most people think castration as just remove removal of mm -hmm. certain body parts, but it's really chemical uh, in nature that uh, reduce, let's say, uh, for a male offender, testosterone levels or other things that diminish uh, their proclivity uh, to commit uh, this or to act on their, their instincts or their crime, uh, criminal thought. Um, I think that many countries are explore, uh, exploring that and have actually enacted legislation that permitted this uh, in the U.S. as well. Mm. Uh, in some states uh, that have passed um, rules that permit um, chemical castration has never gotten up to the point that to the United States Supreme Court dealing with what we call a cruel and unusual punishment. Um, voluntary castration actually has been uh, used where the offender volunteers to go uh, through uh, a uh, chemical castration, uh, some form of it in various countries. Uh, and some of that uh, plays into mitigating uh, their sentence. Um, uh, sometimes let's say they're on parole. Uh, so that's also been uh, used as well. But you're right, it's not enough just to think about um, chemical castration or simple uh, monitoring, uh, but to think in a larger way, what, what is the society, how is the society handling these ma matters of sexual identity, mm. matters of gender, um, issues that we are facing in the modern current century mm. uh, or current decade. Some of these things have really put more um, pressure on these topics that need to be addressed um, for, for the safety of our public. Right. It would be in the interest of the public to have better proactive means to, if if the time is right, aid the transition to life outside bars, because just simple monitoring is clearly not doing enough. Uh, as a legal professional, Professor Park, what's your final advice regarding Korea's punishment and monitoring for sex offenders? Yeah, um, I, I think there needs to be a very strong uh, probation and parole system uh, in Korea uh, that looks at this part. It's in, Enforcement is one part of the equation where you have uh, a, a strong law enforcement system that is both preventative but also very quickly reacting to reports of crime. Uh, and how they handle that is very important, how the prosecutors uh, handle that, and ultimately what the judges do uh, to uh, dish out fair and uh, merciful sentences that are just. Um, so that part, I think, is still needs, of course, a lot of work. But on the end, uh, on the other end of actual prose uh, successful prosecution, let's say, or uh, actual conviction, what do we do with monitoring and recidivism? And that, that, that's where I think the role of probation uh, and a parole body is very, very important. Uh, the, both the philosophy and the approach of how they're going to handle that issue of uh, uh, recidivism. Mm. I think that there's some much more resources that could be poured out uh, in that area of um, uh, the, what happens after conviction mm. so that when people like these high profile figures come out, what do they do? 
um, or how are we to uh, monitor them and balance? If let's say they got their 15 year sentence, mm. uh, arguably, if that was the sentence they got, that was what they got. Mm. Um, how, to what extent uh, more do they need to pay, quote unquote, pay for their crime? Mm. These are very uh, serious and important issues that, of course, goes back to the beginning of the prosecution period. Mm. But then how, what are we going to do? I think there's some areas of improvement as far as the uh, maybe stiffer laws. Mm. Um, some of the most serious crimes in the U.S. Um, uh, is, uh, of course, murder is the highest uh, crime, arguably. But rape, forcible rape is carries the same type of maximum sentence of life imprisonment. Mm. That's the maximum, not that every case will get it. Right. Uh, some of those things I think uh, could also uh, have uh, some deterring effect. Thank you very much, Professor John Park. Uh, I feel like we barely scratched perhaps the surface of this discussion. Uh, we hope to speak to you again soon. Have a safe weekend. You too. Good to be here. Thank you.